Welcome back to the Green Mountain Roundup. Um, as we're checking back in here, I want to give a quick update on the Monday night game. Is it a it, game? Yeah, it's starting to get a little bit ugly. Uh, Matt Stafford's just taken an absolute beating tonight. Uh, just took a nasty hit from Leonard Williams right in the sternum, about cut him right in half. Um, can't see if he is back in the game yet or if Castle's still in there. Uh, As my uncle would say, getting slapped around like a teenager. That does look like it. that does look like a Matt Castle. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's oh, it's Stafford, but he just threw an interception. Oh man, so they're losing thirty-eight to seventeen at the moment. How do you oh, spell champs? J e t s. Oh god, get <laughs> out of there! That is not happening. All right, speaking of things, the Detroit crowd is stunned. Yeah. Speaking of stunned. Speaking of <laughs> stunned. Sanchez. Uh, I got to say, if I have one thought from this game, it was the most Browns game ever. ever. <laughs> it's like we could not have given them more opportunities to win, to, to break their streak, to give their fans something to cheer about after two years. Uh, and to do it against... You know, the hated Steelers would have just been such sweet, sweet nectar for them. And um, instead, nobody won. <laughs> so, uh, in a way, the Browns did. I mean, they broke their they, streak, but they didn't win. But Mike didn't open up. Is uh, it, <laughs> isn't that worse? A lock. Isn't that worse? Uh, I so, don't know. I mean, the major the How desperate are you? The, the major theme of the game was giving the ball away. So six turnovers by the Steelers, five straight from Ben. Um, Twelve penalties from the Steelers, eleven penalties from the Browns. There was laundry all over the field the entire day. It was absolutely ridiculous. Some of it ticky tack, and then you have on the other side some huge missed calls. Uh, Bud Dupree nearly getting decapitated by a cut block. Uh, Marty, we kind of disagreed on the legality of the hit. I like, I personally like hits like that, but they've taken it out of the game. You saw Juju Smith-Schuster get a one-game suspension for an identical hit last year. So, um, you know, I don't want to blame anything on... Who knows what a tackle is anymore, sorry. Yeah, or a catch. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. So, um, things I like, things I didn't like, um... I love James Conner um, in this game. I thought, you know, I, I had a little bit of trepidation without Le'Veon Bell, um, which I'll just say the one thing on Lev, I don't expect him till week 11. And, and I just think that's the way it's going to be. I mean, what, what would the point in holding out one week be, right? And if you hear the way his agent's talking – they're saving his body for free agency now. Who knows what's right. gonna Who knows what's gonna happen? I mean, you're you're just as likely to get hurt in week eleven as you are week one. So, um, you know, hopefully he keeps do- doing his hot yoga and stretching them hamstrings and groins up. You know, well, so he doesn't wind up screwing himself. They continue to lose. Way. It's gonna put pressure on the the organization to. Either lift the tag or, or make something happen. Okay. They're, they're, they're not going to lift. Okay. They didn't lose. So here's just the feels like They lost. <laughs> it just feels like lost. <laughs> Don't baby him. He needs to feel this. Right now. <laughs> well, so here's so here's the thing about that. They're not. They're not going to lift the tag, Marty, because we don't want to James Harrison ourselves. The minute we lift the tag, Le'Veon Bell is going to run over to New England, and they're going to be like, "Oh, we can just pay you for five games. Great, come on over." <laughs> you know what I mean? So. It sucks, 
and the and the uh, Yinzer Nation is definitely going to um, <coughs> hate him forever. You know, he's the new Yammer Yager now. But um, uh, I think I think the locker room is going to embrace him the minute he gets in there. That being said, let's talk about James Conner. Uh, Thirty-one touches on the ground for 135 yards, two touchdowns, five catches for 57 yards. He did have the the one fumble, um, but I think in, in, a, in a crappy weather game. In a crappy weather yeah. game, and you know, hold him accountable and praise his performance. I he think. got he got 31 touches. I mean, last year in that same game, uh, Lev Bell only got 10 touches. Uh, you know, so. They trusted him with the full workload. He looked good doing it. He didn't look out of place. Looks like he's put on some weight. Um, you know, so uh, lots to love there. Uh, I thought T.J. Watt was brilliant. Um, Great game. Yeah, 11 combined, uh, eight with three assists, four sacks, uh, <laughs> blocks. The, and here's the Browns being the Browns. Blocks the potential game-winning field so, goal. What were you talking about earlier? Not trying to move it down a little bit further down the field, just taking it, what, at the 44? Spiking the ball. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the crowd was going nuts. So we were sitting outside in the, in the parking lot at the Patriots game, the tailgate parking lot, and someone had the game on the radio. And everyone was going nuts because, oh, my God, the Browns are going to win a the game. They were 0-16 oh. last year. It was a head-scratcher. And they get the ball back from Pittsburgh with, like, a minute, right around a minute to go. And they, I don't think they did a few plays. And then they start, instead of <coughs> pushing it, they let the clock run down. And then they spike the ball. And <laughs> I, not seeing the game, I didn't know where exactly they were on the field. So I'm thinking, oh, they must be, like, on the 10-yard line or something. It must just be well, a I'll chip take shot. up to, like, right. a 25. Then I hear it's a 44-yard kick. Yeah. And I said to my friend, I said... This isn't a chip shot. And this would be so Browns to miss this kick. In a soggy, wet, windy game. Right. right? It was a weather game, too. Correct. Brilliant. And sure enough, they do the most Browns thing ever and get it blocked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked the defense in general. I think um, there were a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions about the secondary, but I thought Sean Davis in his new role as the uh, last line of defense, uh, free safety position, um, really acquitted himself well. Um, Joe Hayden uh, went out a little early. I thought Cam Sutton filled in well for him on uh, some of those major assignments. Um, uh yeah, I I I think um, it's a di- if you take obviously <laughs> when you have five turnovers if you take those away, um, you know the the game has a whole new complexion. Now I will say this about the defense of of those five or excuse me six turnovers that we did have, they were only able to turn uh, one of them into seven points, and that's the one um, you know. I think that was uh, Ben's last interception. No, second to last interception. And uh, Big Ben actually records a tackle uh, on this. tackle, too. Yeah, on this play. And it it was kind of an interesting play, too, because uh, I forget who had made the interception, but he's he's running on the the left sideline. Ben dives, 
tackles him. He bobbles the ball, so he fumbles into the end zone. But because his his uh, foot had touched out of bounds as he was falling in, because Ben you know right. hit him out of bounds, it was actually um, <coughs> kind of a bizarre ruling where the the ball is dead at the point where his f- foot hits out. Um, you know, and they didn't count the uh, you know crossing the plane because he was Back bobbled. To the 20. Right, exactly. So, worked out. Uh, great heads-up play by Ben. Uh, you know, they still wind up scoring on that, but... Uh, I just felt like he held onto the football way too long, too many times yesterday, just waving that ball out there. I mean, we all know that's just kind of how he plays and kind of maneuvers around the pocket, but he took some shots yesterday, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, this is something the Steelers have do on the road <coughs> now. This is becoming more frequent, a more frequent occurrence, yep. in my opinion, is of who and what the Steelers do on the road. Ben seems to struggle, and the Steelers seem to play under their capabilities in these road games against opponents they should be far superior to. Missing a huge field goal kick late in the game that would have took it out out of stretch, you know, yep. to win the game. Uh, well, don't forget, Boz missed missed one earlier in the in the game OT. as well. I yeah. mean, um, you know, two two red zone turnovers. Uh, you just you can't win that way. Right. You know, you have even, to sharpen up on the road. I don't know how even if it good is the, the Browns. Browns' offensive line is, but they got to Tayrod Taylor yesterday. I believe got to him eleven times, but that right. that guy took a beating yesterday too. We were talking and sitting and watching the game like we could see Baker by the second half because he took some shots. He was getting beat up, but uh, they left him out there, and it was it was a grueling game. Uh, some things that I liked on the op- opposite side of the ball, um, I thought Miles Garrett looked great. I mean, he was throwing uh, Alejandro Villanueva all over the field. They're getting lots of penetration to Ben. He had a, a did he have two sacks? I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we know we you know what you got there. He's he's going to be great. Um, Josh Gordon gets. I th- I think uh, Ari Burns did a good job with him, um, and then you know he just <coughs> Josh Gordon did it up and, and made a great play for a touchdown uh, to get them going early in the second uh, half. Um, you know, I thought they did also a good job controlling Jarvis in the slot. Um, that guy has some hands, though. Yeah, he just... He had he, a couple he, of nice catches yesterday. He, he caught some stuff that, you know, it looked good. Um, their secondary did a nice job uh, of of shutting down A.B., especially early. Um, you know, I wish... Uh, two things. I wish I wish Ben trusted Jesse James a little more. You know, I w- and I wish... <laughs> I wish Vance McDonald was healthy. Uh, you know, because there's... There's so many times where you just what the Steelers really miss is like that Tom Brady thing, man. Just getting it those little short five six yard passes. Take what's given to you. Yeah, exactly. You know, be just, calculated. Just do the right thing. Yeah, make the so, right play at the right time, over and over and over don't again. Don't force it. Home run isn't necessary every time. Yeah, it looks good, and people think people love it. TV loves it. Fans love it. But the consistency wins. We've discussed this. <laughs> so looking forward to next week. I'm absolutely terrified. But there's a lot uh, to look forward to. You know, the the young guys are really performing well and improving from last year. So that that's definitely what you want to see. 
moving off of football, uh, Johnny, let's get um, let's get our uh, a, a year that was in baseball. If you could give us a let's little just bit of a stick recap. With the weekend. That was. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, give us Sorry. just just yeah, the Red Sox are the greatest team ever. Yeah. So if we take the season-long approach, we could be here for hours and hours and hours because they've had a just, phenomenal season. So we'll just start with the you weekend. You can't see it, but he's kind of glowing right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying... But I'm also nervous because if this is indeed a preview of the American League Championship Series this year, I'm scared because the bullpen clearly, as true fans have noticed all season long, the bullpen has been an issue for this team. And then this weekend just further confirmed the point that the bullpen needs solving. Can't rely on out-of-workmen. You can't, you can't rely on out-of-workmen. You can't rely on Matt Barnes. You cannot rely on Joe Kelly. You can't even rely on the rookie Brazier anymore. Well, we talked about it. They're all the same type of pitchers. They're hard, fastball, right-handed, curve, come in, you know, work the corner, work it back, but they don't do enough work around the paint around the box of just, it sounds like basketball turns, but just getting out of that strike zone, high fastball. Same arm angle. You know, you know work your count. We, that's what a bullpen's for is you're going to use three to four in a situation to rely on and get you through four innings if you have to. Right, you want to be able to match up properly. Yeah, you want to absolutely. have a left-hander to face to face a, a, a good left-hander. You want to be able to have a righty, face, face a couple righties in a row, and, and so on and so forth. A little Joe but Madden forethought. It, for the Red Sox and their bullpen, it's really it is such a struggle right now, and it's to the point where no matter what the scores of the game, as soon as the bullpen guy comes in, it's you know the devastation is coming immediately. Yeah. There's not even any hesitation to it. There's not even like a few questionable calls or plays or maybe gets a couple outs and it's close. No, it's like bam, bam, boom, right. game over, game tied, whatever. And the Red Sox, to their credit... They could be, this would be one of the greatest teams of all time if Wars Force them this bullpen because they fight and fight and fight and fight until the final out. Each and every game, that's what makes right. them so good. But my fear is that they are paper tigers. They're a team that can beat all the average to below average teams in the league to a pulp all season long because they're far better than them. And the bullpen doesn't matter as much in those games because they're up 8-1, to 7-2. The bullpen has a little bit of leeway to struggle. The games aren't right. as tight. You're not, you're not clinching the ball as tightly on the mound. And then when you play the good teams, the good teams of the league, of the league, like the Astros, like the Yankees, like the Indians, like you're going to see in the playoffs, and the games are close in the late innings, you know, your, your cheeks get a little tense, you know, your palms get a little... Which cheeks are you talking about? Your butt cheeks. And <laughs> <laughs> your palms get a little bit sweaty, you know, you start gripping the ball a, bit, a little bit harder than you would, because you're nervous, you know, you don't want to fail. But you know what? At some point, they have to figure something out, and I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know whether it's going to be Eddie Rodriguez. I don't know if Eovaldi's the answer. Today, I even heard possibly Chris Sale. If he can't get amped up to be a starter again, maybe he goes into the bullpen, similar to David, what David wow. Price did last yeah. year. But the answer is not what, what they have. They don't have the answer in the bullpen right now right. because these guys, they can't do it. It's like slamming your head against the wall over and over and over again. It's not going to get you a different result than, this, than, a, than a headache. You know, So this, this isn't going to work. But a few positives I did take from this weekend were that David Price has been filthy since the All-Star break, and I expect 
this version of David Price to show up in the playoffs as opposed to the one that's 0-8 career in the playoffs. He's playing well. He is. He's pitching well. He knows Even if he gets in high counts or high pitch innings like in the second or third, he pulls himself out of it this year, which is a big improvement to see that he can just rally and go that, that six and a third all the way to seven and just finish the game. It's so awesome to watch him kind of come to that format now. He's learned to pitch with his decreased velocity, too, which took him a little while to do. It took him probably about the last year and a half to figure out exactly how to do. We've seen that CC Sabathia had to evolve losing his velocity. And pitch, yeah. You know, pitchers have to do this over time in their if career. You want, if you want to survive, And he's yes. learned to do it, and he's, he's now pitching on both sides, commanding both sides of the strike zone, which is tremendous to see. So I expect this to be the David Price we're going to get. So if we can get Sale, which we'll talk about later, up to the point where he's back to being the best pitcher in the American League, follow it up with Price going to the playoffs, I'll feel a hell of a lot better. The other positives I took are Mookie and JD, who just continue to hit good pitching. Even against the Astros, they were the two constants in this lineup. And the one real bonus positive that I took away was Xander Bogarts mashing the ball this weekend against the Astros. He was on fire this weekend, and he's been on fire all season. He had a runners great in August. scoring position, <laughs> one of the best runners August. in scoring position. Yeah. He has three grand slams this year. Yeah, he's really come through in a way that he hasn't in years With past. With a lot of scrutiny coming into this season, right? Because he had he had the one handed swing over and over again. Yeah, yeah. So he was a, a positive. And then the other positive I took out was Kimbrel. I thought Kimbrel's looked really good since the series in Atlanta last week where he pitched. And then against uh, he pitched one game last night against the Astros. And I thought he's looked better than he has since the All-Star break over the last week. Right. And then on the negative side, the guys that I really didn't like were obviously the bullpen. We talked about that. Andrew Benatendi keeps, continues to hit balls over and over and over again to the the right side of the infield, second base, he's got to figure out that swing. I know maybe he's just in a slump right now, but i got, I got to have him figure it out because we need his presence in the two-hole in the lineup. Eduardo Nunez, Ian Kinsler, Jackie Bradley, Sandy Leone, Brock Holt, these guys at the bottom of the lineup have to produce something. It doesn't have to be much, but it has to be something. It can't just be Mookie and JD with a little bit of Xander mixed in. There have to be guys that can drive, that can drive them in when the, the the positions are there, the I runners in like scoring is almost right there. Don't he had been, yeah. but now he seems to revert back. back. When he faces bit. good pitching, yeah, that's when he gets exposed, and that's what I'm afraid of in the playoffs. Right. So that's about it for my Red Sox take. I, I feel good as good. That's not true. I don't feel as good as I could. But for a team that has 98 wins and is on pace to win 110, I should be. Really confident this team has a chance to win the World Series this year, and I'm not that way at all. I'm fearful that they're going to fight, and they're going to fight hard, but the bullpen is going to be the thing that lets them down. And I just think, what a shame that would be. Right. But they know this going in. they got to figure out those and correct those errors right now and figure that out. And like we were talking about earlier, this is a, a just packed, studded AL. Not an easy path. No. It's not an easy path. And I don't think anybody can walk away and say, oh, we, we lost to the the rising Oakland A's who just miraculously do this every year, it seems like. They just get going like a freight train in August and just roll in the winds. Um, you know, they gave Houston a hard time on the road coming through. They're just charging up on their heels. And also, you know, New York and Cleveland, just, just stacked. Studded. You know, and I don't see, and I don't want to be that guy because it's so easy to get into. But I don't see anybody in the NL beating anybody who comes out the. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, hundred percent agree. It's just not there. You saw what we did in that last game of the series as Boston played with our JV team and and winning that series against Atlanta, who's leading their division. Going to be a player. There's just a lot of weaknesses in the AL. 
Um, Cubs are okay, but they you know they got a lot of holes, and Milwaukee's right up on their heels as well. Diamondbacks has been the only consistent NLT that. But now they're slipping. It, yep, and there's a lot of people. It, it's it's interesting out in the NL because there's a lot of people within the division who it can just change a lot in these last few weeks. Good races. There are yeah. some good races. I mean, it's going to be good television right there. Yeah. But AL, you know how it's basically going going to finish. And the monsters of the league are in the American right. League. They really are. Yep. There's the, there's the they're all five of them. I would say. What would you say? The, would would you say that the five best teams in the Major League Baseball in the American League? Think about that. Would you? Would you? Yes. Indeed, I would. Because the five best records, Living aside them. from the Indians, because I think the Cubs are a little bit better Living than the Indians. Yeah, Cubs are eighty three right now. Right, I believe. the Indians I think are like eighty or eighty one. You know, um, I think that the winning percentage and talent in the NL is like more equally spread. You'll see a lot of bottom tier, low end teams in the AL East. You know, yeah, that, are, that are just absolutely. far below. I mean, you know, Baltimore hit 100, I think, 101 right now. Yes. You know, they surpass. We're joking, like, who's going to hit 100 first on the losing end or the winning end? Kansas City's going to get you know, there. Kansas Chicago's is going to hit that easily. So you, you see that as well. But when it's talking, you're talking about the top-tier teams in the AL, I think they take even almost the top seven. It should be an epic this year's playoffs, especially in the American League. No, you're going to see what we were talking about earlier, like seven game series. But it doesn't make you confident as a fan. That's then it's scary to have as a your team. Own team. No, I mean, nobody at wants. At least no. you, you and your Astros, you won last year, so you have that. Yeah. Me as a Red Sox fan, we and we this need. This is where I hate being a hybrid person because I love the Red Sox too. I've been up here for 17 years now. First day I stepped. Well, you got to pick. You got to pick a side. <laughs> <laughs> Let me you have pick something. A side. Please. Come on. <laughs> I think, honestly, if it came down to it, I would root for Boston at this point in my life. I mean, they, they made me fall in love with baseball again, the idea of baseball. Because you really feel that in the, in the AL East. I believe just walking to Fenway is awesome. It is. You know, just the rivalry of it all. And, you know, I grew up watching the Rangers. Oh, it, was, it was hard to watch. Went to nine games as a kid. Did not, didn't, did not win one game. You know, I followed the players. I love Nolan Ryan. Always been my favorite player. So you were before Juan Gone and all no, those that guys? No, that was my high school years. Rusty Greer, you know, yeah. Rafael Palmero. But, you know, Pudge Rodriguez, my favorite catcher yeah, of all yeah. time. Love Pudge. But I just love Boston baseball. I love, you know, and I, you guys can shit on me all through, the, <laughs> through these episodes for kind of fleandering and waving to one side or the other. <laughs> but... You know, when it comes down to it, I'll, I'll pick a side, I promise, Johnny. <laughs> All right. Um, so, real quick, uh, we're going to do a, a short uh, NHL preview here probably in a couple weeks. Uh, it's five days till the NHL preseason. Uh, you guys all know hockey's kind of my thing. That's the, uh, the league I kind of follow the closest. Yeah. Um, wanted to bring up... Uh, Nate Schmidt of the Las Vegas Golden Knights getting a 20-game suspension, missing out on uh, just under half a million dollars here. Um, re- remember, this is an NHL. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this That's less than one of Lev Bell's game checks. <laughs> but, that's LeBron's hourly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's this is significant for him. He's going to miss a quarter of his season, and... The reason why this is uh, a big deal for me... So Nate Schmidt plays for the Penguins? No, he plays for the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay. Yeah, he's a defenseman for the Vegas Golden Knights. And um, the whole league is railing against this. The Vegas Knights are coming back on his side. Uh, it's a... It's a um, uh, 
performance-enhancing drug uh, suspension. But um, the quantities in question here, it's basically trace elements. Something crazy like one one thousandth of a milligram of this stuff, um, whatever it was. And um, this substance was coming from his team. Is part of the um, you know whatever supplement package they give right, them through whatever their his trainers are giving exactly. Them so he's he's on the program doing exactly what they're telling him to do. All these drugs are made in these sketchy factories in China, you know, like and facilities that are, you know, making some some of the the stuff that's not legal for them to take, and and, and you know they're. they're these kinds of things come up all the time where they're, these guys get tested and um, they they don't they, they appear to have no idea what's going on and, and how this could be possible and they were taking all the right stuff and they're not trying to get you know a leg up or an edge up and you know you got something that equates to a grain of salt in a swimming pool you know um, I think there needs to be changing in the ruling a little bit. Yeah, just just fig- figuring out a better way. Uh, you know, it could, because I get it. You don't want people cheating, but this is this guy's livelihood. You know, who knows if he's going to be able to keep his job when he gets back? You know how sports goes. It's next man up. You know, this this could be potentially really damaging for him, and it doesn't seem fair. And, and it seems like everybody's kind of in his corner on this one. We talked about this a little bit earlier, and it's just like my idea is like it's, it should be kind of. I don't know how you would make it a rule, like how you would compose it to to make any sense. But like you say, trace amounts. I just think that should be like either less games or even possible probation, where you're tested on a regular basis. For a little bit while afterwards, it could be random for a few months, but if you're passing, you know, and you don't fail that, then you don't have to honor that suspension, whatever the case may be. But I agree with you; it's just crazy now. The list of supplements that you can't take or can take. These guys have personal chefs. They go, you know, like you said, through the organization. These guys, it, you know, it's like you make one mistake and you're not meaning to. You're not pumping yourself with, you know, loads of this drug. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, just like, they don't look on. like Greg Maddox out there. Right. It's, it's, not, it's not cycling. Not everybody's doing it's it. It's not something in Mexico. There's Mexican, they, they put some sort of steroid or enhancement into their into their meat. It's almost automatic. So if you're like a Mexican athlete or whatever, and you eat meat down there, yeah. you're going to test positive. I forget which athlete or, oh, oh, it was the boxer, um, Danilo... <laughs> Oh, I know you're talking. They just had the had They're the match, about to right? fight. Yeah. They're about yeah. to fight. Yeah. Galati. Yeah. Nice. Sorry. Yeah. Way to, way to, way pull, to pull that out of your yanker. Yeah. Galati. <laughs> yeah. So he's saying that it was the it was the meat that he ate, and you know everyone else is saying bullshit. But <laughs> you're trying to be like <laughs> you have good faith in the most corrupt sport there is. I know. Which is behind, I know. Behind cycling of all things. But hey, they're boxers. We want them all jacked up and ready to kill each other, don't we? Isn't that, isn't that what you want? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, but you want that in football too. People want harder hits and this and that. And I don't. Just I don't know why up. you wouldn't Ivan want Drago the performance enhanced. You <laughs> I know, break you. I mean, think about think about if if you were able to, um, you know, and this is purely um, 
conjecture because it's never going to happen. But wh what if? What if we lived in a world where we could have, you know, um, regulated and, and doctor prescribed and monitored performance enhancement, man? Can you imagine what the athletes would be like? What if they like? just allowed it? Jose Canseco and Brian Bosworth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, just be nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like, think Cartoon about how much, characters. how much, how much better everything would get. Right? Would no. be baseball, like, they'd, they'd be have bigger, better, faster, stronger. Expand the field. Home run race. Sosa McGuire. I'm old enough. I remember that to this day. I was like in my early twenties. Like that. Yeah, but was I was good. a little. I was that a little was kid when that. Great. Happened. I mean, that baseball ratings were shooting through the roof. They loved it. So they, they knew, loved they it, and they turned, they turned their a blind eye. eye. They loved it. That's why you got Rafael Palmeiro pointing at the Supreme Court. You know Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, the bat brothers when they came into Fenway Park and you saw them up close you knew everyone in there right. knew they were chanting steroids steroids <laughs> this was yeah. in 1989 not, everyone knew not to be political if it was this administration it'd be like give them the juice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you guys know that Sammy Sosa is white now I've seen that yeah look at what he looks like right I, he's doing something Maybe. I've been looking for that filter on Instagram. I can't find it for myself. <laughs> it is absolutely You know that the Jets are good now? Yeah, the, the Jets are good. Where, this what's is wild. The, uh, what's the score now? 41 to 17. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, This oh. is something else. Unbelievable. All right, Marty, I'm going to throw it over to you, uh, college football. Oh, I just wanted to bring this up and find my notes on this, but... Uh, Oh my God! It was so. I, I was just looking back, week two, um, college football. I used to be a huge college football fan back in the day. Living up in the Northeast, you know, it's just hard. It's just not out there up here. You're leaning on UMass or BC or Connecticut. So, but I, I still like to watch the big primetime games. But what I've seen in the in the in the NCAA, it's just it's just so bad. The competition level. It's just so bad this week. Out of this week, out of the top 25, you had only two in the top 25 matching up. That was South Carolina and that was Georgia. South Carolina 24, uh, Georgia ranked number three. They roll in there and Georgia just spanks them 41-17. USC number 17 uh, in their ranking. Stanford number 10. Stanford rolls out of that 17-3 as well. Only one defeat yesterday. Kind of a huge defeat. Uh, probably the most exciting thing that happened on Saturday. That was Florida, number 25, losing to Kentucky. Why that's a huge game. Kentucky ends a drought over 31-game losing streak. That was the fourth longest in NCAA history. Um, but let's just talk about how these matchups happen this week. You have, you know, just teams playing these smaller schools that are just going to get ripped on. And I just wanted to do the math and look at it. The winning point total for all the winners this week in the top 25 was 1,007 points. To the losing teams of those games, 248 points. That's ugly. It's so ugly. The games are over by the first quarter. Scoring average was 44 for the winners, 11 for the losers. That's a 33-point 30, uh, losing margin. That's just not good football to watch. <laughs> you know, but they know they can sell out these crowds. They know they can sell the markets. These smaller schools take the games because they get the marketing for being on national TV. So their schools get subsidies and, and get the money. So they buy it in. But it's just poor football to watch. 
And I just think, you know, for me, I would love to see the NCAA just pick up its competitive level a little bit. Um, I would would love to open the door one day, one episode about paying the players. Let's don't do get me into that. Do you think that Alabama raises the level of the rest of their programs, or do do you think that they're they're raising the bar, or do you think that it hurts college football because they're so much better than everyone else? I think frankly, it, I'm sick of watching them win. Right. Well, I just think they're treated like franchise markets, like the NFL. They have a strong fan base. They recruit well. Their schools are so large, they can just, you know, provide these amazing facilities to these students. They win them over. No, no kid's going to take a lower program when yeah. they're just shown, you know, the golden egg for reference. They, they're just going to take it, you know. And you, you bring these kids in. It's not about their education. You're, you're, you're using them for their talents and your, your educational institutions are making so much money. But where does it go? It goes to the coaches, the facilities, and I think it needs to come back to those kids. That's another subject for another day. But I'm just all I'm getting at is that all they're doing is guaranteeing a track to be in that final tournament, to be in the college football championship, to get there, and it's pushed by you know corporation commercials. It, I mean, it's just it's just the most corrupt sport there is right now. I believe is college football. Sure is. You know, and I hate to talk like that, but and, and you know, or college is, sports in general. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Especially the the big market ones, you know, like um, basketball and football. Um, you know, they those those programs fund the rest of the athletic programs. Oh yeah. You know, they bring in dollars for the school for other programs too, but it's always football first or basketball first, whatever your institution is known for. You know, either you the North Carolinas of basketball, um, you know the Alabama. But like I said, like what you're saying, it's always Alabama, Ohio State, right there. You know, sick of it. Yeah. So I'm just not a fan of it right now, and it's just something that came to mind just watching and looking at those scores Saturday. I actually, you know, watched three or four games, and and none of it was entertaining to me at all. Um. Well. Can we pause for a beer break? Yes, sir. All right, and we're back just in time to do a quick wrap-up here, a quick look at the week ahead. Johnny, what are you looking forward to? 
in no particular order, because these things are very important. But, you know, I would say that number one is tomorrow's start for Chris Sale. So Chris Sale's only had one start since the end of July, obviously with his shoulder inflammation. And tomorrow he's going against the Toronto Blue Jays, and he's scheduled to go two innings or 40 pitches. Now, there is no room for error here. What I mean by saying that is if there's another setback, it's done, his season's over, and so are the Red Sox' chances of winning the World Series this year. In order for the Red Sox to win the World Series, I think you would both agree, Chris Sale is a huge factor. So tomorrow night, Chris Sale needs to get through that start. Doesn't really matter how he pitches, although if he's healthy, we all assume he will be amazing. So if he gets through it and he feels good and then afterwards we feel good and we go on a Wednesday and we haven't heard anything and then he can make his next scheduled start, breathe a huge sigh of relief and my enthusiasm for the playoffs will be ramped back up. Numero two. Numero dos. Numero two. <laughs> Patriots at Jacksonville. Now, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of trash-talking from the Jacksonville side this week, from one Jalen Ramsey. He already said how much Gronkowski sucks, and any cornerback that covers him covers him well. Just the well, guy that was in the article. He's like, going to have to back right those words up this week, <laughs> right? We're going to see. We're going to see. So I, I'm pretty excited about that. It's an AFC Championship game rematch. It's in Jacksonville's home this week, so... It's definitely one of the games of the week next week, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Personally, I kind of feel like it's a revenge game. Jacksonville's at home. I feel like Jacksonville's probably going to take this game. Uh, I did just look at the line. Patriots are one-point favorites, so it should be a close game no matter what. Something I'm looking forward to. And then finally, I'm looking forward to Hurricane Florence. Right now, it's a hurricane... It's a Category 4 storm in the Atlantic, and it's projected to hit the Coastal Carolinas Thursday or Friday. I don't know about you guys, but I love watching the Weather Channel when these hurricanes <laughs> come. This is supposed to be Those the first... Poor, poor bastards stuck out in the rain oh, and forever. The evacuation is already well over a million people ordered to evacuate yeah, now. Myrtle Beach, my friends in Myrtle Beach got it today. So they're saying that this could be the first storm to hit land as a Category 4 or 5. Since 1989, Hurricane Hugo, I believe it was. So it's going to do a lot of damage, especially if it keeps strengthening like it is right now. So that's something I'm looking forward to. Awesome. Uh, for me, uh, definitely Astros uh, going in later this week, I believe Thursday, for a three-game series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Going to be a great test for both franchises, see where they're at. Um, Houston needs to hold on to that. Like I said, Oakland's on their heels in a lot of ways. Uh, they... Um, Astros got early games against Detroit. They need to take that series. They need to win all those games before they go into the uh, Diamondbacks for sure. Diamondbacks need to win because they roll right, right into Chicago after that series as well. They're coming from Colorado. They're in Colorado yeah. right now. So tough schedules uh, for holding on to that first place slot. Uh, definitely a good test for both franchises going in. And like you said, Boston needs capitalize uh, heading forward as well. Stay in that race. Um, also, uh, Giants-Dallas. Um, Dallas at home, a lot of expectations. It'll be a sellout like it always is. Overpriced tickets, people are biting. <laughs> Beers are flowing. Uh, but Giants, I, you know, against Jacksonville, they looked great. They moved the ball around. Um, Saquon Barkley with that 68-yard run on Jacksonville's stingy run defense looked great. Should we close with a hot take? <laughs> yeah, we'll close with a hot take. I know he's just burning over there to talk about this. All right, I hurt my neck looking at it. Hold on a second. I just got to say, if we, if we take that big splash play, I know, I know John, I know they all count. 
But before that run hit for the touchdown, he's only hitting 2.2 yards per carry. Uh, I'm seeing he looked great. He looked fast. He just uh, didn't look as strong as I had expected him to look. He wasn't pushing anybody. Jacksonville. I'm just saying he's supposed to be the next coming, right? Like you never live in your shadow. I'm just saying uh, I was I was seeing the piles fall backwards. Uh, I know he's a, he's supposed to be like a big physical back. I was expecting him to to blow some up, um, you know. I think the, I think the Giants line's got to win that for him. You know, I think that's there. Uh, Soldiers in. I mean, it's a lot of new players on that line. Uh, Eli, he looked okay Sunday, but you know, he just looked like Eli and just some bad choices at the worst times. That late interception, which pretty much sealed the game, kind of just took the air out of him. Um, but I'm scared as a Dallas fan with them coming in. They did impress me a little bit, so, um, Giants defense looks strong as Jacksonville. I know Jacksonville is hard to read sometimes on the offensive end. Is Dak in any danger? Is Dak in any danger? Dak in any danger. Uh, what I was impressed with is he didn't force the ball too much just, uh, yesterday, did not throw any interceptions. But going forward. But, he, yes, continues. yes, there's a lot, there, he's going to not be able to sit in that pocket. He's going to be exposed. No, as far as the backup quarterback in Dallas. No, no, no. I thought, I thought him. just watching. Oh, my God. If Dak was to fuck, ooh, ever sit first before one of the coordinators or Garrett getting fired, I would be so okay. angry. I think that's going to fall from a, from a different tier, from a different level if, if that offense is not producing. I think he is competitive. I, st- I still have a lot of faith in him. Zeke as well. But we know there's attrition at the line, attrition in the receiving core. And they're just coming after. I mean, yeah. it, defenses should have no fears to come after Dallas right now until they're torched for a couple 60-plus yard ta- uh, passes for touchdowns. Test them out. They have Rico Gathers. Who knows where you're going to get out of him? I was surprised they stayed with him after the drug charge. But they're a desperate team right now. They, you can smell it. Teams can smell it. Yeah. Just just watch. I watched more of the game than you did last <laughs> night. I thought, I thought Dak looked really good. Um Saw some growth from last year as far as decision making, knowing when to run, knowing when to run out of bounds, knowing when to get down, when to just get rid of it. It just sucks not having a, a receiver that you can he throw just it didn't, up to and just hope that he can get it. He just didn't have any. He didn't have any time and nobody to throw a fifty fifty yep. ball to. So you yep. know you're not gonna win that way. Uh, for for me looking uh, looking ahead, um, honestly. Uh, I'm looking forward to Kansas City at, uh, next week at Pittsburgh. It's a little scary, um, but you know how the Steelers are. We always play down to to bad opponents, and then we always get up for um, for the big games. I hope to see James Conner have another big game. Juju Smith Schuster, uh, hopefully Antonio Brown can get it going for some um, major yardage. Uh, I know a couple of you guys got him on your team, so. Um, what gets to Mahomes, gets the quarterback, yep. another big game. Yeah. Pittsburgh's always matched up well against Kansas City, especially in the recent years when they played them. We, we do well, and, and Bennett home, you know, I expect after having, you know, geez, you, you can say he had, he had two of his worst games in a row, right? Because Jacksonville um, last year was the same sort of thing. It was just... Turning the ball over, 
not being not looking comfortable trying to extend plays too yeah. long which is his thing you know i mean it the blessing and the curse right uh Sometimes he extends those plays and, and and magic happens, but I expect him to have a big bounce back game, be a little more conservative, uh, not throw to Antonio Brown in triple coverage, and uh, you know, so I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, looking forward to seeing uh, the the Giants in Dallas. Want to see how Saquon Barkley does, uh, so I can either uh, rub it in Eat your crow. face, rub it in your face next week, oh, or. Or not. I just want to leave you guys today with uh, this fun tweet that I found uh, at uh, at Bill Barnwell tweets the Brown <laughs> since the Browns uh, returned to the NFL. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Browns are plus five in takeaways since the Browns returned to the NFL. Teams with a turnover margin of plus five or better in a game. Uh, are 132-4-1. The Browns are responsible for two of the losses and the tie. you got to be good at something. <laughs> so, uh, looking forward to uh, to Cleveland at New Orleans. New Orleans obviously going to be looking for a huge bounce-back game as well. I expect they're just going to absolutely destroy the Browns, and the hurt will continue. Cleveland wins that division. <laughs> I, was so I can't even get a reaction because that's, that's just so oh awful. That's a hotter take. Yeah, that's, that's a hotter take than the Saquon Barkley. <laughs> no, again, I'm not saying Saquon Barkley sucks. I'm just saying I, I was. He doesn't suck. It was my not at all, and I, and that especially the upper here for that kid. Especially that uh, 68 yard touchdown run was absolutely amazing, but. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess I was just ex- expecting a little more splash, so I'm sure we'll see that next week. <laughs> All right, uh, I think that'll do it for us. This is weird, though, right? Do you not feel like you went back in time with Gruden? Rings? Yes, I feel like I'm back 15 years ago. <laughs> I love Gruden. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're ch- checking into uh, Los Angeles Rams and Oakland. Uh, all tied at zero in the first. Maybe so. we have something to talk about next week about this game. Yep. All right, gentlemen. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, We'll keep it going. Uh, We're recording these on Monday nights, so I imagine we'll get them out on Tuesday at some point if I can figure out how to do it. (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with us. All right, guys. We're new to this. We'll see you next week.